You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. It doesn't have to be embarrassing when there's no up in your get up and go. 40% of people with penises experience erectile dysfunction, one in four by the age of 40. So what are your options? Pills, pumps? No, 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 no. no. How about the Giddy wearable device? It's an FDA-registered Class 2 medical device that constricts in exactly the right places. Giddy also has a personalized online learning program developed by leading experts called the ED Educational Guide. I want you to get up and go get your own Giddy device and ED Educational Guide, so I'm passing along a 10% discount. Just use the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at get getmegiddy.com slash sunny. That's the code sunny at getmegiddy.com slash sunny. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals we have right here in the United States. This is episode 115 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. And I'm Ken, who has the most amazing beard and mustache in the world, Melvin Berg. That's a really long, like, can you fit that on like a credit card? Yeah, I can. Or in a form, a governmental form. Yes, I can. All right. Well, we are sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts too. One half of us, which has amazing facial hair. And that would be my half. Oh, we, we, we both no, have- menopause, dude. <laughs> menopause. I got some chin hairs. I'm, I'm going to be stiff competition They're not soon. amazing. I'm sorry. Your your chin hairs are weak sauce at best. Not not even in, You're not even in the same category. Not even in the same region. Nothing. You got nothing. Don't, don't throw fucking, that shit out. Don't fucking facial hair shame One me. American have- dollar. I throw the gauntlet. I throw the gauntlet at you. Okay. I, I challenge you. My chin hairs now, instead of being like one here and one there. Waffles has better chin hairs than you That's do. our dog. No, but <laughs> instead of being one here, one there, they're now growing in like tufts. Like when I'm sitting there, I play with my chin hair. Like when I'm working, I like pull on my chin and I pulled out like groups of hairs. That's awesome. That one looks kind of like a map of Kazakhstan. Shut up. So yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. Are you in for a real sexy podcast? Let's talk about chin hairs. But you know what? That's somebody's kink. Menopausal chin hairs is somebody's kink. Somewhere. Not yours. <laughs> anyway, American I fuckers. It, though, like, you know, with hair, without hair, doesn't really matter to me. Okay, Don't good. really care. Anyway, American fuckers, we have got an episode that you have been asking for for a long ass time. Get ready to have your mind blown to absolute smithereens by Diaper Boy. This week, we're learning all about the ABDL fetish, otherwise known as adult baby diaper lover. Our guest today goes by the name of Diaper Boy. Sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? It does. He's, he's a 34-year-old, married, heteroflexible, ABDL black male. Diaper Boy explores his own kink and desires while seeking to educate and normalize talk about sex, self-love, kinks, and gender expectations in the African-American community. He does this by disrupting widely held misconceptions through his social media content and interaction. So I started following Diaper Boy on Instagram a few months back, and he goes by the name there, 
of handsome underscore black underscore diaper lover. So if you can, while we're listening, go to his Instagram so you can get a visual of Diaper Boy. And if you can't do that, at least maybe view the episode art for this episode. So while Diaper Boy never shows his face online, it's clear from his pictures that he truly is a disruptor. And what I mean by that is, Normally, when people conjure up what a stereotypical diaper fetishist might look like, it is the absolute 100% complete opposite of what diaper boy looks like. In this conversation, he tells us how not fitting the typical demographic of an ABDL fetishist has created so many meaningful conversations and has helped countless folks explore their own fantasies, no matter what they are. He also tackles all of those burning questions that I know are swirling around your head right now. You know, like, when and how did this fetish start? How often does he play out these fantasies? And with whom? Is it hard to find open-minded partners to play with? What accessories does he use? Pacifiers, baby bottles, or sippy cups? And do they make those cute little onesies and grown-up size? Oh, and that other thing I know y'all are wondering, what is with the diapers? You know, are they for aesthetic purposes or does he do his business in them too? So you're going to find out all of that in more in just a couple minutes. Now, before we get there, American fuckers, I just wanted to mention that we had a blast this past week. We did our first sex ed live stream on Get Vocal and it was fucking It was amazing. And thank you, Get Vocal, for giving us that platform. We had a blast. Yeah. If you miss it, you can catch the replay at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Sunny Get Vocal. And vocal is spelled V-O-K-L. So although we dropped some G-spot secrets and gems that should not be missed during that broadcast... There is nothing like joining in live. So yes, catch the replay on G-Spot, but join us again next week at 8 p.m. Pacific time or 11 Eastern right on Get Vocal when we're going to be teaching BDSM 101. And when you're sitting in with us on our live broadcast, not only do you have the opportunity to interact with us and the other folks there too, you can also win awesome prizes. We're giving away on Wednesday's broadcast, which is January 22nd, 2020 and enjoy pure wand also fancy bondage rope from blush novelties or a we vibe sync remote controlled couples vibrator or some awesome stuff for your butt from fun factory yeah we've got four prize packages so again get on over to bit.ly slash sunny get vocal and subscribe to american sex podcast live there so you don't miss an episode now, before we get to Diaper Boy, di- I, just, I just keep wanting to say Diaper Boy! And I want him to have a cape of like diapers with little uh, like dinosaur. Blanky, dude. Oh, Blanky all okay. the way. Like but- Blanky with little T Rexes. Okay, T-Rex blanky cape for Diaper Boy. Do we have an artist out there listening that can draw this? Because that would be fucking amazing. Anyway. Anyway, before we get to Diaper Boy, I want to give a shout out to Slixa.com. Now, before discovering Slixa, I had always been apprehensive when I was seeking out an escort. I didn't know how to tell, you know, if the person on the internet was who that they say that they were. 
I didn't know that the website was safe. I didn't know if any of this stuff was reputable at all. And I was really, really happy to find out uh, when I discovered Slixa because it was so much easier and my data was so much safer. Now, they have an independent photo verification system so that I know that I'm who I'm talking to is really who they say they are. They're also a lot safer than sites based here in the United States. Slixa is entirely outside of the U.S., and that includes their servers, their staff, everything. Their number one focus is protecting data. Your personal information is treated with extreme care and stored with zero-knowledge encryption. I also appreciate that they pride themselves on providing ethical advertising for service providers. So Slixa is constantly involved in advocacy work, and they make it a point to amplify the voices of those in the community that really aren't getting a lift up. I give Slixa.com my stamp of approval. Please check them out. That's S-L-I-X-A.com. It's absolutely free. They're constantly adding new cities to their services, too. And their latest are in Sydney and in Melbourne, Australia. Very cool. Thanks, Ken. So real quick, American fuckers, I always want to remind you that if you dig this relationship that we have together, and I'm telling you, it is something. It is deep. I feel it. Uh, Make sure you get on our email list. With the internet censorship crackdown on all things sex, you never know if our social media accounts are going to remain intact. So the best way to be sure that you never lose touch with us is by getting on our list. And you can do that by texting the word Megatron to the number 444-999, or you can go on the web visit sunnymegatron.com slash newsletter. I'm also happy to say that our newsletter is now powered by Why Not Mail. They are the only sexual health and adult industry-friendly email service. Yep, services like MailChimp have been kicking people like me off of their service left and right. There's that internet censorship once again. So if you're a sexuality professional, I highly urge you to check out Why Not Mail 2 at bit.ly slash sunnywhynot. That's Y-N-O-T. Okay, American fuckers, it's time. Grab your teddy bears, your blankies with T-Rex dinosaur print, your sippy cups or your bottles, you know, however you drink. Make sure your diaper is fastened on tight too. You don't want to have any accidents during this. Here is our conversation with Diaper Boy. Okay, American fuckers, this time it's time for you to be super excited because you've been asking us for an episode like this for I don't even know how long. I get messages, I get Reddit posts. When are you going to have um, someone who's into the ABDL kink on, which is adult baby diaper lover? And I am really happy to tell you right now, we're talking to Diaper Boy. Hi. Hey, Diaper Boy. How are you guys doing? Good. I am so excited. I came across you on Instagram, I don't know, maybe two or three months ago, we've been friends on Instagram. About? You know, Ken and I are in the kink scene. So it's like, not much shocks us. You know, we're, we've we've seen it all. We've probably done it all. We've worn a diaper or two in our day, you know. Um, however, what struck me about you is you do not at all fall into that I'm doing the finger quotes, the stereotype of what people would assume 
somebody into this kink is like your your Instagram name, you know, your handsome black diaper lover. And when I saw your pictures, I was like, oh, you know, fanning myself. Yes, that is a very accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so let's start there. Tell me about you. First of all, describe yourself for those listening who aren't getting a visual. Okay, so uh, I'm a personal trainer. So um, I'm fit. I work out at least seven, eight times a week. Um, I'm athletically built, so mostly muscular. Um, I'm 5'8". I'm about 162, 161 or so. Um, I have a, uh, I would say a square jaw, a very nice jawline. Um, Chinky eyes. And um, full, uh, my eyebrows are are taken care of. Uh, my barber does a great job with that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Short hair, um, Caesar cut. You are the last person that even myself, who's very in the kink world, would go. Oh yeah, that's somebody who's you know. There's an adult baby. Like I would never think that. So tell me. How did this kink start for you? Like, go way back when at your first inklings of, um, you know, th- the things you started to do. Walk me through that. So, um, this takes a, this took a lot of uh, thought for me to actually come up with this and actually really figure it out, right? So, not too recently ago, uh, you had another guest on. Um, I forgot the uh, uh, the. Uh, it was uh, Paul Ruloff, I think. Yeah, You're talking about the age play episode. Yeah. Correct. Um, very insightful. Very, you know, it, now I love uh, when others interview other ABDLs, especially when they're older. Because um, when they start to speak of you know, how they came across their kink and they try, start to explain it, I found a lot of confidence in that, like, you know, uh, with that. And also, it gave me a chance to actually look back and say, they started that way. Is there anything similar in my past that maybe I thought about that? probably gave me an idea, like hinted off that I was into this. And so I dug back and it took me a while. And first and foremost is that I classify myself as a submissive, as a sub. Mm -hmm. Uh, Throughout my normal, uh, my normal life, I'm a, you know, always in charge, always making the decisions. And uh, I just like being submissive, you know, especially to uh, powerful, strong women. Uh, It's a real turn on for me. So that mixed with, I would say I was probably about uh, seven, maybe six-ish around there. Uh-huh. And uh, my next door neighbor, uh, my best friend at the time, um, he had two older sisters, probably like two or three years older than us or so. Um, and it was one day when uh, he wasn't home, but I went over and I played with them and uh, they wanted to play house. So what happened uh, at that time, they obviously I ended up being the baby and uh-huh. uh, one of his sisters put a diaper on me. So I never really thought about that until it really just came back to me not too long ago when you had that interview. I guess part of that feeling there, you know, um, but I never thought about that again. But that was the first time I would say. And then I would say probably like a couple years later, I'm probably at this time, probably in fifth grade or so. I don't know what compelled me to do it, but um, I would, you know, 
uh, sneak diapers uh, from, you know, my, my little sister's diapers at the time. And I would, when no one's home, I would be able to stay home at the, by myself at the time. And I would try diapers on. I would put them mm-hmm. on. Um, that was pretty exciting to me, too. Um, so it stopped there. So even at this time, I can't really say sexual or anything like that. I wasn't masturbating or anything at that time. So it was nothing really sexual. I was still a virgin. But it wasn't until much later on that I was about 27, 26-ish. Uh-huh. And I finally had my own apartment. All right. So I'm a little bit more sexual now. I'm, um, you know, exploring uh, probably a little bit, a couple of different kinks and also my own sexuality and, and freedom at that time. I remember first time speaking to a girl, uh, that I just met online and we were video chatting after chatting for so long. And I explained to her how I'm submissive and I, I was really turned on because she was had a dominant personality. She was very dominant. And I remember her just talking to me in like a very, you know, very dominant kind of seductive kind of, uh, I would say degrading way or so, you know, calling mm-hmm. me a sissy and, you know, and it was really exciting to me. And then uh, it just jumped to me. She, I was like, you know, she was like, how she want to see me in panties. I want to wear you. I want to see you wear panties for me and stuff like that. And uh, it just jumped to me. So I was just like, you know what? I was like, uh, I don't have panties, but uh, I have diapers, which I didn't have any at this time. But I just wanted to see what she would say, you know. Right. And she was like, good. She's like, all right, you little bitch. Um put your diaper on and make sure you video chat me back at about in about an hour or so. And that shit just got me so excited. And this is the first time that I'm really now I'm, I'm now I'm sexual and now just that, you know, compelling thing, like, all right, the panty things didn't excite me as much, even though I like that too. But now I had an idea, right? Not panties, but diapers are do it for me. And so I went to the, uh, to the drugstore and I bought, my first pack of uh, adult uh, adult diapers, adult uh-huh. briefs, and uh, I wore them for her. I wore them and pulled her up, and she laughed, and it was just such a turn on. And from there, I just loved wearing, like from there, and it was re- it was kind of sexual to me. But at that time, I was just a, a I was a diaper lover. Didn't really engage in age play. Didn't have much interest in age play. It was more the humiliation factor. And the vulnerability. Right, right. Yeah. So it's interesting to me because when I look at you now, you're super confident. Like you're you're very confident in what your kink is. You're very confident in displaying it online in pictures. Yes, even though you conceal your identity in your face, like you're you're just you put yourself out there and you're really into your kink. And and it doesn't appear like there's any apprehension, confusion, embarrassment, anything like that. But Way back when, when you were just starting to put the pieces together, did you feel ashamed or weird or were you always this confident? No, definitely not always this confident. Now, I would say that's rather very new. That is new. And I didn't even realize it was happening. I really didn't. Um, but you were, you were kind of, you were here in the community um, very often about, you know, that individuals will feel so bad about you know, being a diaper lover, being an adult baby, that they always start this cycle, right? You feel guilt and then you end up throwing everything away and then you go right back into it. So 
that's the same thing. Like when I realized, when I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh my God, that's, I do that. I do that all the time, every single time. And, uh, so it's always, it's been like that. Not, not even just that kink, just like, uh, many of my kinks, you know, the fact that I like to be submissive and I, I like to be called a sissy. I like to be a sissy. Um, I am heteroflexible as well. Um, which is a new term. I would just usually just say bisexual, but now we got all the terms. So I'm going to say heteroflexible. Right. And um, <laughs> it was all, it, it was the same exact thing. I did feel guilt. I, de- I felt bad. And I was thinking like, is something wrong with me? Would I be able to have a regular relationship? Um, like, why do I like the diapers and stuff like that? But you know what? If I can take this time right now to explain to anyone who has a kink that you are, fi- that you feel like, it's not right and you feel guilt and you feel bad and resentment every single time you explore it. I would say what helped me the most is um, definitely podcasts like American sex, even, you know, um, your show. uh, I I used to love your show. Like use use these shows, these sex positive, kink positive, and not even just shows, but websites and articles, learn about your kink, learn about it, hear from others and I think that that helped me out so much um, in, you know, you know, being more comfortable with it. Not the fact that just others have it, but the fact that I can understand it better. You know, I understand what I like, what I want out of it. And that just takes self-exploration. And I think that's in life, period. You know, you'll feel more confident with yourself if you um, explore yourself and you understand yourself better. Right, right. I think, yeah. By the way, thank you for that. That makes both of us feel really good. We're both very, very like, oh my God, this is the sweetest thing anybody has ever said to us on one of our podcasts. And it's like, it's so appreciated. Like, I can't even tell you how much. I'm I'm telling you, like, your your podcast, which I I found your podcast not too long ago, but I would constantly go, um, what, what was your, your show was on? Was it uh, Cinemax or was it sh- Showtime? Showtime. Showtime? Yeah, Showtime. Right? Showtime. And I remember um, I'm married too, and and me and my wife we just we just watched all of your ep- like so many of your episodes, and um, she's gradually you know finding that open openness, and uh, we can discuss that a little bit later too because I think that that deserves uh, some time as well to speak on. Um, yeah, but you know. We sat down, we watched so many of your episodes and I'm watching episodes and I'm waiting for an adult baby episode or, or, or a diaper lover episode, you know? I wish, we, I wish. We pushed yeah. for one from the beginning. That was actually the the first segment that I suggested because I'm kind of a diaper top myself. I'm kind of a bratty older baby when I do it and I like bossing other kids around. Uh, so I really pushed for that. It's just we couldn't find somebody who wanted to do it on screen. Like that and cuckolding are two of the most popular fetishes. And it was so hard to find anybody to do it because we had to have not only one person to talk about it on screen. We had to have secondary and tertiary right. backups. Yes. And I think, you know, it's the stigma. Like th- this type of fetish has such a stigma. And you may have remembered in the episode we did with Paul Ruloff, he's like, you know, the kink community is pretty accepting. However, when it comes to age play, you still have the, the kinkiest motherfuckers out there who do all this stuff are like, ew, diapers, ew, age play. Like, you get shit from everybody. Ah, you said shit and diapers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get shit from everybody, so, pun intended. Like, pun yeah, intended. yeah. So, I mean, have you found that? I know that, like, you know, 
not only are you into this kink that still has a lot of stigma in even the most accepting communities, you also don't fit the stereotype. You know, I hear a lot of times like, you know, the the acceptance of fetishes and all the really kinky freaky shit. Oh, that's white people stuff. You know what I mean? So you have the that added layer and that added stigma. So tell me about that. Exactly. All right. So I I just recently um, just I started to view my dichotomy of who I am as a blessing, you know, Um, even, Mm -hmm. you know, with the fact that, you know, I'm open um, to have, you know, a sexual, uh, yes, there's same sex sexual uh, interaction that turns me on that I like. Um, I just start to realize that um, a is that your sexual, your sexuality and your kink, what your interests are, they do not have to dictate who you are as a, as, as a human being, as your, your character wise. So I started to look at that and I said, you know what, that's a blessing. The fact that I embrace, um, femininity, number one, I embrace being vulnerable, but same exact time, the fact that I can embrace that and full, I mean, I'm fully masculine. I mean, not that there's anything wrong for those who, who aren't, but the fact that I'm comfortable with who I am, and I know that my kink, my sexuality, or my sexual interests don't dictate who I am. That's a power. That's a power. Uh-huh. So, um, me being a, a a black man, a masculine black man, I got to deal with the fact that you know it's just in the community of what black what black men should be, or what you know how they should think, what they should be into, or stuff like that. Um, yeah. I've dealt with that and I've dealt with others who didn't understand about diapers and age play and oh my god that's that's so weird or disgusting and I'm like it's not like there's shit in the diaper as of right now so like which part, <laughs> which part is disgusting the fact that someone's wearing a diaper you know um but I tend to like uh just sidestep that I mean if someone's really that just negative and just all right it has nothing to do with you and i'm not asking you to even be a part of this or anything of that sort you're not even in my my life whatsoever i it's just i just completely brush it off but um what i've come to find is that me and especially since i've i've had this the the instagram and everything you will be more surprised that um most of the people who's gained interest in this um Uh has have been um black you know uh black women straight black women who's never who's not even kinky like that but never been into this or anything like that but once they see it and they're like it kind of raises something in them i I don't know if they enjoy the vulnerability of a man or so but it's i realize that it's not a bad thing at all and it's actually it's been empowering to so many to actually explore their kinks i mean i've gotten so many messages like you gave me you know the confidence that i'm gonna start exploring my kinks I don't know what they are, but I'm more confident now that I can go and do this. There's nothing wrong with me. That's fucking amazing. That's really amazing. And you know what? It's a lifelong journey. And even Sonny and I are still learning about our kinks. And we teach about this stuff, like in my case, like for upwards of 20 something years, like well over 20 years. We have 30 years of experience combined and we're still learning and trying new shit. Yeah. It just it never stops and it never stops being fun. So I had a question really quick about um, the second time you put on a diaper when you were about six or seven years old. Did you just model the diaper or did you try peeing in it a little? 
You know what? I, I'm pretty sure I didn't pee in it or, or anything. But the second time or the first time? First time. The I, second time. Second time. All right. So the second time I was, or that's when I was, yeah, I was around, I was in fifth grade or so. And that's when I used to. Oh, I'm sorry. Fifth grade. Yeah. yeah fifth grade. I sorry. To, um, I want to say I tried. Yeah. I tried to pee in it. Yes. So that, okay. That's what I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are wondering, like, okay, give us the details. Like when you are fully in your role play and you're in your diaper, like what is your age? You know, what, what is your character? What are the characteristics or the elements of your role play? Like, do you pee in your diaper? Like, you know, give us those details. Like what's in it for you? All right. So as far as age play and regressing and uh, role play, um, I actually, I'm pretty, I'm still exploring that portion of it. I just know as a diaper lover, I always, I felt I always had little tendencies. I just didn't know you can be both or so. So I never really um, uh, seeked to explore um, the age, but then it just became more um, uh, compelling for me to do it. Like I really want it to be little. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel that, um, I, I love action figures. I want to play with my action figures. I love coloring. And I feel that I am more in the age of three or four years old in that mm-hmm. range. Um, when I'm in role, it's usually alone. So I haven't really got to really um, fully feel what the role is with the caregiver. Um, but usually I'm diapered. I like to suck my pacifier if I, if I take a nap. Um, or even suck on my pacifier as I'm coloring or playing with my action figures or um, diaper playing video games. Um, but like that's really the extent right now. Other than, you know, if there's any type of role play, if uh, I'm online, if I'm speaking to someone. Um, but my personality would be uh, uh, three, four years old. I am like to say I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i love dinosaurs and i love superheroes and playing with action figures so i'm a little boy that you, pretty much what you would expect um i'm not bratty by any means uh i'm pretty i'm very attached um i'm even with even with my wife i've always been like very attached um Almost like a, so that was like one of the inklings of uh, little tendencies, you know, like I would like to be very attached with her or, you know, like nibble on her arm or be very annoying kind of and just be under her. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. pretty much what I am. Love cuddling. and uh, I'm, I'm more sweet than ever, but hate naps. Aww. Definitely hate naps. I picture you like sucking your thumb, hiding behind like mommy's leg, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that just yeah. put me into... That kind of put me into a little space right there. Oh, <laughs> so, so does your wife take on uh, like an adult big role when you guys play, or is is that something that she doesn't take part in? No, nah, currently, no, nah, she doesn't take part in it, take part yet. Um, uh, we spoke about it many times, but um, I I told her many times, like you know, if you don't feel completely comfortable doing it, I mean, definitely don't do it just for the you know the sake of me like it it, it's okay if you don't you know i mean there's no pressure to do it so as far as that i'm giving her room as far as that she's okay with me wearing 
um she likes for me to send her pictures of me diapered and stuff like yeah things like that and uh, a couple times when i'm diapered she likes to you know to um straddle the diaper that really turns her on um just recently like she started exploring and come to find out you know one night i was sucking on her titties and it just clicked to her like that's like her major erogenous zone that's like bliss to her and uh, I seen that that was definitely a way for me to uh, be little and her to find her sexual gratification, too. So when I'm sucking and she's like really into it, she like to say, you know, yeah, you know, things like, hey, baby, take all I mean, take all mommy's milk. This is for you, baby. And, you know, rub on my diaper and stuff like that. So um, as far as that, I'm, I'm just trying to give her the room and I want her to really be into it on her own, you know? So I'm giving right. her the space and I told her I'll give her the space as far as that. Like, I don't even bring it up. It's like when we want to do it, we'll sit down, we'll talk, we'll figure out, you know, when, how many, you know, how long, maybe an hour or two, we'll figure out all, we'll lay everything out and we'll, we'll plan it. And then we'll try it. But and that's all in her her own time. That's, that that's awesome. Yeah. So have you guys uh, done any play with adult nursing relationships uh, beyond just the the sort of like play that you've just mentioned? No, uh, no, not really. Yeah. How, however, it- we went to a um on our on our honeymoon, not our honeymoon. It was our it was our it was one of our. Um, anniversaries. It was our anniversary. We went to New Orleans, and we did visit a uh, a, uh, a swinger club while we were there. And actually, yeah. when we got to New Orleans, like she ordered diapers, and she said, "You know what? You can wear the entire time we're here." And that's what I did. I I was diapered the entire time. Um, so even when we're walking through the street, you know, she would pat my she would pat my butt. Um, and then we went to the swingers club. She told me to wear the diaper at the string at the swingers club also. Um, so we did engage uh, with each other in one in like kind of an open area, which was awesome. That was first her first time doing that. My first time also actually. But in order for us to engage, I had to actually you know pull my pants down. Everyone's seen the diaper. Everyone you know circled. It was around. They enjoyed what they were seeing. So uh, that's. The other than than the um, the breastfeeding, that's when we engage with diapers. Also, that's really cool. You know, it's as I'm listening to you, I'm like, you couldn't be more perfect. I was thinking, you the know, because yeah. I, I get a lot of questions. You know, people come to me and say, I have a certain fetish, and my spouse doesn't, and we are trying to figure out how to satisfy both of us. When my partner's like, I don't know about this, and you know, and I usually advise like. Take things slowly, baby steps, like examine your own baby steps, (laughs) (laughs) you know, examine your own stigma. And if this freaks you out, really examine why is it because it legit freaks you out? Or is it because, you know, like we were talking about it, it's more of a bigger statement about masculinity and, you know, social norms that you've been taught are the acceptable ones that really maybe are don't really serve a a good purpose. And another thing I tell people is for the spouse that is like, you know, I'm trying to get into this fetish, but I can't find an alternate fetish that maybe you can couple onto it, like 
the titty sucking, you know? So it's like, oh my God, I want to put you in, in some kind of like, you know, human sexuality textbook of like, this is the way to do it. So thank you for that. Submissive Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and we're still trying to, uh, we're still trying to figure it out. So, I mean, I wouldn't say like how I'm going about it is the best possible way, but it, it's a per- it's a good start. And, right. um, and we're, once again, we're still figuring it out also slowly. No, um, right now I'm encouraging her to explore her own sexuality, her own, you know, just be comfortable with yourself. Like this, uh, what I recently just did, I just got her the, um, the, uh, the womanizer. Oh, yeah. brilliant. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? I got it for her and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for a night where she just sneaks over and just starts playing with it. You know, I won't interrupt or anything. I just want her to 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 be comfortable and just explore her own you know find out what turns you on you know that's what i that's what i want to explore her to do i mean encourage her to do explore what turns right. her on no matter what it is yeah. I, I just be free to know what you like what turns you on what gets you going and even if it has not you know nothing to do with me like i would want you to know so this way if i know i can find out a way you know to help me you know, turn you on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what makes, what makes you guys perfect isn't that you've achieved the pinnacle of everything. It's that you're constantly trying, communicating and open to each other's ideas. And the the most important thing is that you're talking about it. You're really talking. And that's really what makes this so perfect is that it's not that you have all the answers. It's not that you're getting everything that you want out of the situation, but just that your your method of exploring is perfect. Uh, uh-huh. You're you're doing it organically, and you're finding out what both parties in the the equation needs. And you guys are being honest with each other. And just congratulations for that. You can't be more perfect in that way. And that's really what we're talking about there. Thank you. So walk me through, you know, you were saying that you do a lot of your play alone, that you, you know, will sit in color, or you'll play with your action figures, or you'll play video games. So how often does this happen? Is this a, you know, weekly, daily, like, you know, do you indulge in your kink a lot? Um, Not really, not as much. I would say um, at least one, I would try at least one day a week. I mean, that's uh-huh. uh, a time when I have to myself you know if i don't have to do if i have no sessions in the morning or you know and i can really get that that time alone to do that right right so i try and when you when you indulge with yourself is it mostly like kind of hanging out non-sexual or does it always take on a sexual element how does that work um that's a it's a very good question um sometimes it's kind of most of the time, I would say it's kind of non-sexual, but mm-hmm. but um, this my my kink is that it's both sexual and non-sexual. There's some individuals where it's strictly non-sexual. There's some that, that it's strictly sexual. I think it's a, a twist of both to me. I think uh, being vulnerable in that in that way is uh, sexual to me, as well as you know the kind of the humiliating feel to it. Um, if I'm not completely little, if I'm just wearing a diaper, the humiliating feel to it. Um, I am turned on by like, I may watch a video that's a, uh, it can be like a, an audio role play mm-hmm. of 
of diaper changes. I believe the diaper change to me is very erotic, very intimate to me. Like the idea of having my diaper change completely, it excites me, you know, it excites me. It turns me on. And so if I'm even watching like a, a, a video of a couple role playing, um, and you know, the females uh, is a mommy and she's, uh, changing the diaper and along with the top that can turn me on. And, uh, that can lead to, to masturbation in itself, especially if it's a point of view type of scene mm-hmm. that can turn me on. Even the audio can turn me on. Or, uh, if I'm wearing and I'm on like, uh, my favorite is Tumblr. I love reading stuff. I love, uh, you know, reading erotic or looking at pictures. And it's a humiliating, you know, story or humiliating meme that involves diapers and, you know, a dominant female that can very sexual to me that can turn me on also. So um, wearing the diaper, I make it excited and end up masturbating into the yeah. diaper. So. Oh, so what are your go-to toys and uh, video games? Because in my head, I see you like uh, somebody who's doing like classic 1990s like action figures and video games, but maybe I'm wrong on that. So uh, toys, uh, action figures, definitely. My favorites are Ninja Turtle action figures. Yes. Uh, yes. I love Ninja Turtles. Um, and video games, uh, my PlayStation. I love my PlayStation 4 right now. And Xbox, sometimes it depends, but it's definitely newer video games or so, unless I'm playing like a retro game on that system. Support for episode 115 of American Sex Podcast comes from Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your honey's family jewels. So it's 2020 now. And you know what that means. New year, new me, new balls. Yeah, you know how everyone's trying to turn over a new leaf in the new year. You know, cut the fat. Let loose the things that no longer serve you. What about those unkempt nuts? I mean, keep the nuts, but get rid of the unkempt part. I'm not necessarily saying they need to be smooth as a baby's bottom. Well, unless that's your thing. But I do appreciate playing with neatly trimmed twins. And that's where Manscaped comes in. I'll tell you why Manscaped is our number one pick for tidying up what you've got below the belt line, or for some of you, below the diaper line. Manscaped has completely redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so you won't nick those nuts. We also know that ball stank can be a real problem, and proper hygiene, that's important. That's why Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You know, I don't care if you're a mommy, a daddy, a little, a middle, whatever. If you've got balls, your freshness is appreciated by those you cuddle with. I mean, even your teddy bear will thank you. So American fuckers, go get your 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. Yep, 20% off plus free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Cheers to the new year and clean balls. So describe for me when you are, let's say, you know, you're taking a time where you're sitting down, you're in your diaper, you're coloring, you're playing video games or whatever you're doing, and you go into that mental state that we commonly refer to as little space. So explain 
for the listeners who who don't really understand what that means, like when you start going into little space, what kinds of feelings or emotions or responsibilities from your default life fall away? And then what do you start feeling? Okay, so once you really start to slip in, um, you just start to, you're, how can I explain the feeling? Feeling it's, it's definitely, you feel more, you feel vulnerable. You feel like the world is, is, is much bigger than you, if that makes sense. The world mm-hmm. is bigger than you now, so you're not so closed in, you know. You're more focused on your single area uh, of what you're doing, and you're just happy with the colors that's going on the page. You're just happy with playing with your toys. Um, and, you know, once you get to that point, like, you don't think about your responsibilities or anything no more. You you don't. So you feel um, coddled in a way. You feel coddled. You feel... Mm-hmm. Um, very vulnerable you feel uh i guess a moment of bliss bliss and i w- can also say that you feel excited n- not quite a sexual way but um kind of kind of similar to that euphoria mhm hmm so i i also want to talk diaper and gear logistics because i know i know that's on everybody's mind so when i see your pictures on instagram i'm not seeing you in like adult diaper depends i'm seeing you in like there's little pictures and there's the little tape like it's like a baby diaper but for adults so are there places to like is this a thing can you go buy adult-sized baby things is it common yes you can uh, Amazon is like the pet. That's where I go for most of my diapers or so, except the last uh-huh. pack that I got. Unfortunately, Typables isn't on there, uh, Amazon, but I've always wanted these, these dino roars so much. And I was like, you know Aww. what? I'm going to go to the website for the first time. I prefer Amazon because, uh, yeah, we're just in that, that we're in that, that, uh, that age where we just want everything fast. So I always search, uh, Prime. Make sure they're prime, and I can get it right away. Um, nice. But there's nice. many, many um, uh, companies that specialize in everything that um, a normal baby would have or or require. That that's made for adult babies. You know, pacifiers, bottles, everything like that. So um, Amazon is my go-to, and there's many different companies that specialize in that. But mm-hmm. I, but so yeah, the diapers are there. They mean a lot to me. They mean a lot to the, to the whole aesthetic. They, they mean so much. Like it can't be a depends. Um, right. It, it have to be, you know, an adult baby diaper. So if you're going to go on Amazon, you got to search adult baby diaper has to have cute designs, um, a pacifier, adult size pacifiers. And yeah. So, um, they are completely made for this, you know, different companies, right. you have Crinkles, you have um, Bambino, you have Tykables. There's so many different companies. Oh, wow. Do you have anything like a playpen or a bassinet? No, I don't. I don't. I've looked them up, though. They have them. They have them. <laughs> <laughs> they have them. No, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't have one as of yet. So tell me about the now the diaper nitty gritty. Are you wearing these just for uh, fashion aesthetics, or are you actually using them to soil in? And how does that work? Um, I use them 
from time. Uh-huh. If, I, if I really got to go, I'll definitely use them. You know, um, it doesn't make sense to take it off and possibly ruin the adhesiveness just for that. But um, if I use it, it's only it's only to pee. Um, right. I don't usually, you know, I do. I don't. Don't usually. I don't. Number two. Um, uh-huh. However, I have before, so I'm not gonna say I haven't. I've definitely tried it. I do before. Um, but if you're cleaning up, it's a it's a it's a big mess in itself. You know, and you got to yeah, shower. You yeah. got to do all that. It's a lot. So I just do number one. Um, but I would always say, you know, if I role playing with someone or if I, I don't want to just call it role playing because there will have to be a connection. I don't believe in. All right. So today I'm going to role play with that person today, tomorrow, that person, I think uh, a, a mommy Dom and a little boy dynamic, it should be definitely uh, something genuine. Um, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be sexual. And for me, it will, that connection wouldn't have to be sexual, but if she was to say, you know, um, Hey, I just want you to, you know, I want you to be fully, uh, in that, in that space and we make and we say, Hey, even if you got a number two, or you got a number one, everything, when you're in that space and you're a little with me, you're doing it in the diaper. If I'm told that mm-hmm. by all means necessary, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. You know what? I think that's, that's pretty important. It's sort of like when we teach a class on humiliation play and we explain to people why pickup play for humiliation play isn't really a thing you want to do. And I think it's the same thing for adult baby in uh, like dynamics with like with their big that I think you need to have like a solid it's just something that you can't do and like instantly you know develop a, a rapport yeah. it's like handing a baby to somebody and say okay, okay baby love this person exactly you know that's just not gonna happen no yeah yeah um if who was your favorite dinosaur and why it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> and why um I would say it's because you know they're the biggest dinosaur not not the biggest but you know they are the most ferocious and um if you actually look at it you know as supposed to, to how they're depicted as being ferocious or so um i think to me they have like a they have a an elegance to them you know it's like even just the way they even the way they walk and then when they actually attack it's just it, it's I think it's similar to me. You know, they have a graceful way, the way they move until they have to attack or they have to defend, you know, and then they're Mm -hmm. completely ferocious. So I love them. That's awesome. Do you have a a T-Rex onesie by any chance? Not yet, but um, (laughs) uh, Rares, which is a a, a diaper company, ABDL company, they have um, uh, diaper print diapers and those same prints. uh, They do have a onesie in that same print. Uh, also they have rash guards, which are the full, you know, the, uh, long sleeve kind of like polyester, like for sports, uh, things like surfing and, you know, uh, martial arts, stuff like that. They have them also, um, in that same print joggers. So I'm like, if I have to, whenever I go and do jujitsu, um, what I'm going to do is I plan on getting a set of their tights and their, uh, they're rash guards, which are dinosaur print. They look like pajamas, but they're made for sports. So I would love to show up to the gym and those and, you know, tap a few people out. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw a post on your Instagram not that long ago, and I, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something to the effect of like, 
you wearing diapers under like your, you know, vanilla clothes out into the world. And then I, I think you made a comment like, oh, yeah, you know, there's other people that do this. I know the telltale signs look for the puffy butt or whatever. Um, so what are the subtle signs that you can see when you're out in the world of like, oh, yeah, that person's into this, or oh, yeah, that person's wearing a diaper. And I don't think it's for, you know, utilitarian purposes. I think it's a fetish. Like, can you tell? Um, The real answer to that is really, is really no. That's like the real answer. Not they can still it <laughs> the right way. But the best way, honestly, is if, if you hear it crinkling, if there's a crinkle, trust me, most likely they are into it. Because ah. it uh, depends um, they aren't made plastic back. Like though, those are the way ah. these diapers are made. And like, I love a plastic, uh, plastic back diaper, um, for that crinkly puffy fail. Uh, most of them are most adult diaper, adult briefs are going to be fabric and they're not yeah, as yeah. thick. Number one, they're not going to be as thick. So if they're abnormally thick and you hear the crinkle, most likely, yes, those are ABDL diapers for sure. Interesting. And do you do that often? Do you go out in your vanilla clothes and wear a diaper underneath? Yes. If I if I if I'm like if I have a day off and I'm just running errands or so, um, I may I like to wear um, as much throughout the day as I can. So ah. I may just wear yep right under my regular clothes. Interesting. So you know, as I was saying, when I look at you on social media, you're so confident and. I can really see, you know, without knowing what private messages that you get, you know, you mentioned that people are are really coming out of their shell after seeing you. But I can just tell, like, you inspire people to be like, holy shit, like, whatever my fantasy is, is okay. Like, if, if you are exploring this, you are, you know, not the stereotype. You're, uh, you're the last person a lot of people would think would be into this. And you're so confident that people really take to it. However, I'm sure you've had some negative experiences. Like, do you get messages where, you know, that are negative? Or have you had experiences where you've tried to come out to somebody about your fetish, and they just weren't having it? Like, what are those experiences like? All right, I haven't really had uh, many experiences like that, like, where someone's like, super negative. Um, uh -huh. However, I've had because here's the thing, um, I'm confident in the person that I am. You know, I'm a very understanding, non-judgmental. I love people. That's that's my thing. I just love people from all walks of life. I love talking to people, and most of all, I love teaching and inspiring people. So once you meet someone genuine like that, I think it's very hard for someone to say too many negative things or to write that person off. So even when I, I if I did come out to someone. And there was like a, a negative feel to it. It was like, okay, like I don't agree with that. And like, I don't even want to talk about it. Just leave it out because they can't write me off. You know, they can't right. say that, that, that explains why I'm that I can, I'm not all of a sudden a bad person, you know? Um, right, right. So, I mean, so part of my confidence come from, I'm confident with who I am. So even if, like someone has something negative to say, if you're confident with who you are as a person, like, trust me, that rubs off on the person. Like they feel that energy. They can't say too many negative things. They can't say anything to hurt you and they won't even try. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, I urge anyone listening along who's still, you know, and I don't know how how you could be after listening to this very insightful conversation. But if you're still like, I don't know, man, this is some weird shit. It's like, I always say when you look at anybody's fetish, you know, you get a group of people together with different, very extreme fetishes. Really, when you boil the reasons for those fetishes down to their lowest common denominator, we're all the same. It's like, we want to be loved. We want to feel good. You know, all those negative, you know, things weighing on our shoulders throughout our daily lives. We want to just push those away and get back to simple basics. And, you know, if you can do that through wearing, you know, dinosaur onesies and diapers, awesome. Maybe somebody else does that through, you know, financially dominating people or someone else does it through dressing up as a clown or whatever it is. We're all after the same shit. Like we're really not weird. At all. At all. 100%. Yeah. What I would say is if there's three things that, that that's in any kink or fetish, right? That you need to make sure mm. falls in line. Right. The first thing is that it has to always involve consent, always be consensual. The right. second thing is that is make sure it's legal. It has to be, you know, if exploring this fetish is illegal, that's something that need to be really you need to really look into that and make sure you're going about it the right way or it's the right kink. Um, the second thing is um, is safety. Right. Are you safe doing it? Are everyone around you safe doing it? So as long as you have consent, legality, and uh, safety, I mean, I see nothing wrong with what your kink is, no matter what it is, as long as it involves those three things. Amen. That, and a that's fucking men. A fucking men. And it's interesting. So some folks out there in American fucker land might be wondering, gosh, what kind of fetish would be illegal? So just as an example of that. Uh, I had as a professional dom uh, as a professional dominatrix. Uh, one of my ex partners had a client that would come to them, uh, and he insisted that he wanted to be run over by her car. Okay, that's illegal. Like murder is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. And and secondly, not very safe. Just saying, it's like both illegal and not safe. Yeah. Now it was consensual, but uh, you know, like one out of three that isn't kosher. That's not good enough. I mean, not even most of the time. <laughs> Majority of the time, two out of three isn't good. It has to involve good. It has to involve. Yeah, good. yeah. So I, I guarantee that you have opened some minds, and that there are some people listening along who are like, "Holy motherfucking shit!" Like I've always had a little fetish. I've always had a you know adult baby or diaper fetish or whatever it is, and I have been too ashamed, too afraid, too whatever to pursue it. But you know what? After listening to Diaper Boy. I want to move forward. So for that person who's like, I, I have an interest, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what I'm doing. Are there online communities? Like, where do I go? What would you tell that person? Um, I would say definitely it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, an ABDL um, exclusive site or podcast. Just a, I mean, if you find a kink positive podcast or a kink positive site, um, initially, ultimately, you're going to fall upon um, subjects of age play and, uh, you know, diaper role play. But I would say, you know, Fet Life is really good. Um, mm -hmm. Any podcast, a sex positive, kink positive. Uh, what else? There's actually a website. 
there wasn't a website. There was actually a uh, an article which I think was probably the best article I ever read that involved age play. I can't Ooh. find it though. If you can find it, let's send it to me later. And when this episode comes out, I'll put the link in the show notes. Awesome, because I honestly I think if you're even if anyone's even like kind of thinking about it and they're not too sure if they would be into it or they're trying to understand what they're into. Um, this article is probably the best, most informative article I've ever read. And I think that started me down this path of being very comfortable with, with my fetish, with my kink, and also, uh, being confident in speaking to others about it. It was definitely this article, but I'll definitely find it. Very cool. Very, very cool. And also for people who are like, you're fucking awesome. Uh, where can they go to find you? Like what's your Instagram or do you have other social media where people can keep tabs with you? Yes. So on Instagram, that's like, I love Instagram. So that's where I'm in most of the time. You can find me at handsome underscore black underscore diaper lover. And, awesome. uh, I do have a recently I have a Fet Life too, so you guys can find me there. I think Fet Life is really awesome, and it is yeah. Ebony underscore Diaper Boy. Perfect. I will make sure. I know I'm following you on Instagram, but I'll I'll come join Fet Life too, or I'm on Fet Life, but I'll join you on Fet Life. Awesome. Absolutely. And there's one other thing. I don't know if you've had a, a chance, Diaper Boy, but if you uh, we mentioned Paul Ruloff a little bit earlier in the episode, and if you haven't read it yet, and for those of you that are into ABDL, like take a look at his book from diapers to diplomas. It's it's just an amazing book, and it's one of the very first seminal books on people in age play. Oh, what, what's it? What's that? It's called From Diapers to Diplomas. From Diapers to Diplomas. Awesome. Yeah. And for those listening along, I will put a link to that book and our episode with Paul Ruloff in the show notes for this episode. So you can go do further learning and reading with those things. And, and I, you know, I have to make one quick uh, uh, correction. Yeah. I'm sorry. At FetLife, it's Ebony underscore Diaper Boy. That's it. Oh, okay. I'm Very sorry. cool. Got it. I, like I said, I'm new on there, so I totally forgot what I, what I mean. <laughs> no worries. You're about to get lots of friends. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm going to add you two if that's okay. And I'm Lord Thunderpants on FetLife. Yes. I got you. Awesome. Cool. And you know what? Thank you. I, I honestly, I can say thank you, but I cannot thank you enough. You are doing you. so much to just help normalize different kinks and fetishes and role plays or whatever anybody's into that falls outside of the quotes norm, which a lot of us do, you know, we all want to feel quote normal, you know, all the questions we get from people is like, this is my sexuality, is it normal? And we have such a small view of what normal is. But you know what diaper boy, you're fucking normal. You are absolutely normal. And you're like screaming it to the world like I'm normal. And so are you. And that's doing so much good. You have no idea. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you for that. And you know what? Thank you as part of the masculine community for being a non-toxic masculine person. And if anybody wants to know what non-toxic masculinity looks like, it's this right here. So yeah. just take a look at it. You can be a tough guy and you can be a baby all at the same time. That's true. That's true. Yes. I agree yes, Sam, yes. 100%. Oh, well, thank you so much. This has been thank you, fucking Diaper amazing. Boy. It's been really fucking amazing. This is very, it was fun. I thank you guys for giving me the platform. Oh, well, thank you. 
Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.